Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Would have been starting a six-game homestand tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The season on pause. We'll see if and when it's going to resume. A couple texts I have here before our next guest jumps on the line. Uh, this texter simply says, "Now, Kellen, there, there's a, we get a lot of questions on Inside Sports. Yes, we get a lot of queries, get a lot of inquiries. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of what about this? What do you think of this? Some are sports related, some are not." FAQs. We try to answer as many as we can or have a laugh with some. Of all the things that could be on this person's mind with everything going on in the world, I'm a little bit surprised that this is the question he or she has. And I'm going to guess it's a he, just from the content of the question. The text simply says, I wonder if the Playboy channel will make a comeback. It's still a thing. Now, how do you know that? I subscribe. There's not still a Playboy channel. There is, it? yes. All right, well, there you go. I Texture. have it as part of my it cable package. Went, it never went away, and Kellen Kennedy watches it regularly. Their morning show is phenomenal. Wow. Under the category of TMI from Kellen Kennedy. Thank you, <laughs> Kellen. And Ed says, I was in Newport Beach, California, in a restaurant nightclub when this very tall guy came in back in the early 80s. Turns out it was Wilt Chamberlain. My buddies had no clue who he was. I stood in a small line and got his autograph. Well, that's pretty interesting. Meeting Wilt Chamberlain. Pretty good. We've had some neat little stories from listeners this week, sports-related, and we do appreciate that. 780-496-0063 to call our text. Our next guest is doing some exceptional work in the sports environment in the city of Edmonton. He's the founder and director of Free Footy, which has expanded into other sports as well. It is Tim Adams. Tim, how have you been? Hey, man. I am uh, I think I'm surviving like everybody else, just trying to swim in the right direction and trying to make sure that community still continues. Well, and you and I first met several years ago, and, uh, I mean, we, we didn't really get a chance to get to know each other very well, but I, for a week or two, I filled in, when I was doing news briefly here on Ched, I filled in for Scott Johnson at City Hall, and yeah. you were working for 
uh, for CBC. So, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of times I think of you when there's a story out of City Hall or that uh, if there's a big story, I thought, well, man, Tim would have been all over this uh, uh, as a reporter. Not that this is a, a pleasant one to cover, but this would have been something uh, you would have been updating people on and would have been very busy reporting on the, the impact, uh, whether you were still at City Hall or whatever they would have had you doing. Yeah, um I, uh, so yeah, I covered City Hall for quite a while for, for CBC, and I, I think a lot about journalists right now, just how to do their job and how important it is to share information. Everybody's just um, clamoring for information in the moment, and we all have nothing to do. So we're all at home waiting for the latest information and just sorting through fact and fiction. And, you know, there was a time probably about a year or two years ago where people thought journalism is dead, and I was just saying to everybody, no, like, journalism is more alive than it's ever been just because we need people who we can trust to sort out fact and fiction for us for us and you know you see all these shows like you're still in the studio i assume right yes i am yeah but you see a lot of shows where they're moving to you know the hosts are hosting from home um because of what's going on right now so it's just, it's just a complex environment for everybody and um you know i know there's a lot of distrust of information at the moment but i can tell you like in my experience, I spent 15 years as a journalist before flipping to my, my charity work full-time just because it was my passion and my love, but I never met a journalist who didn't care uh, with their true heart about what they were doing and the value of what they were doing and trying to get everybody the right information and the accurate information to tell a good story. So, you know, kudos to people like yourself and all the people who are in the industry right now just grinding and um, trying to make sure we're staying informed and and. and it's an integral role, right, to, to rolling out all these emergency procedures. Without media, we can't do any of this stuff. So um, thank you to you and to all the other journalists who are out there right now just listening in and, and working away to, to keep us informed. Well, we appreciate that, and I appreciate you coming on. And, and, and you've done such great work with Free Footy, and, and we wanted to talk to you about... Mm-hmm. Some some I mean I was just looking at your Twitter account and there's already some newer stuff that I hadn't seen since I looked earlier today. Yeah, and uh, we're trying to stay active. You can't yeah. go to a rec center. You can't gather in a large group of people. But you you could tell us about some uh, some videos and stuff you're putting up uh, online to to help kids uh, stay active if they can here. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Three Footy, we provide free programming for vulnerable and at-risk youth. Um, to about 4,000 over the course of a year. And we do that after school in venues in the three soccer centers in town, East, West, South, and Commonwealth Recreation Center. Obviously, we can't go there anymore. So as soon as this came down, we are like, holy smokes, how do we make sure that there's just there's a way to stay connected to that community? Because for us, the sport, honestly, like how well you hit the puck or shoot the ball in the net um, it is really secondary to using sport as a place to create community, to make friendships and uh, meet a great mentor. And, and the value of that, like, it, it seems like a very intangible thing, but we know it's real. We've measured it. It makes a huge difference in life, just having that positive environment. So how do we continue that in the online space? I mean, kind of got on the phone with some of our funders, and they're like, yeah, let's push hard. Let's go hard on creating an online space to do it. Um, so we've been running classes at noon and 4 p.m. every day and uh, online live. So I'm kind of merging my broadcast life and uh, my uh, nonprofit life together. We run these live classes where we check in with guests who are at home. We had a session yesterday with Dylan Powley, who is the FC Edmonton goalkeeper, and he sort of really broke down the mechanics of like how to catch a ball and how to dive from his house. Uh, we did a session with Steve Sir, who you obviously know, who's a 
a local and, and national basketball icon, and he did a, a great ball handling session for us live from his house. You know, his daughter's running around. We did a session today with um, Jason Lee, who is the owner of uh, Cross um, uh, Black Tusk Athletics, which is a CrossFit gym on 124th Street. And he did a, a simple workout for us that everyone could do at home. So we're just really trying to, like, stay present, create that community online, like make sure that we, we email everybody in the morning. We have a database of, like, 10,000 people. We email everybody saying, hey, here's the, here's the sessions we're doing at 12 and 4 today. Um, just connect. Come online. Um, see that there's familiar faces here. See that we still really care about what you and your kids are doing. So that's sort of what we've been doing on the, the recreation front um, for the base of our programming. But then we also have a junior ref and junior coaching program. Um, where kids learn how to be a referee and learn how to be a coach. And uh, we just brought on a new coach. Who's, his name is Jay Tomlinson, and he's been coaching at Harry Inley for, for a long time for basketball. And uh, we did a, a, a closed private session with all our junior high school kids and high school kids and some of our other coaches with, with Ryan King, the captain of <laughs> the Edmonton Eskimo. Oh, nice. We did, a, we did a leadership session just with our kids. Of just, hey, like, we're going to figure out how to stay connected to you guys and you girls, and we're going to make sure that we keep promoting you as leaders. So... You know, we're trying, we're trying everything we can to just really keep the community together because it's so hard. Like, you just see everybody already going squirrely and it's only been four days, right? And just imagine what it's like if you don't have those resources at home and maybe some of the, the home life isn't as stable as you'd like it to be. You need those consistent people to still be there. So we're trying to figure it out just like everyone else of how do we stay consistent and how do we stay present in kids' lives. Well, that's probably the thing I admire most about you, Tim, is you're one of those people that you will just find a way and how, how quickly you're able to adapt and keep people connected, like you said. Uh, your Twitter account is at TimAdamsFF, free footy, Y-E-G, footy is yeah. I-E at the end. And so the videos are there, and plus the, the free footy website, can they go there? Yeah, totally, or uh, go to our Facebook page, um, Free Footy Soccer Society. That's where we do the, these broadcasts quote-unquote broadcast live every day at noon and 4 p.m. Tomorrow we're doing uh, a Musa Yusuf who represented Canada in the 1v1 and 2v2 uh, 2v2, um, soccer championships and his ball skills are unreal and can teach you some really simple soccer ball skill moves that you can do at home. And then at 4 p.m. we have Angela White coming on. Oh, wow. Three-time Olympian, right, Uh, (laughs) in the 100-meter hurdles. And she's going to come on and do a little bit on um, foot speed and how to improve your foot speed at home and mental work of, like, just how to dial it in. Because so much of right now is, like, how do you keep your mind in check? So some pretty amazing guests are coming on, and I'm just really grateful of all the community members who are stepping up saying, yeah, I'll do a session with you. And it's a good way for them to connect with people, too, and, you know, talk to someone different, too. So I, I think they're enjoying it as well. Yeah, Angela's great. I've, I've had the chance to interview a couple of times. She's uh, she's awesome, very well-spoken, and an incredible career as well. Man, that is totally. so cool you're, have, you're having her on. Tim Adams on, founder and director of Free Footy on Inside Sports. I, I'm going to ask you one more. I mean, yeah. you're an Edmontonian, and, you know, the Oilers have gone away, the Oil Kings have gone away, some university and college and Alberta Junior Hockey League teams didn't get to finish their season. We don't know when the CFL is going to start. Uh, I mean, I know you're very busy with this, but you're a sports fan too. What, like, mm-hmm. are you filling the void, or, or like, what, what's what's going on for you as Tim Adams, a sports fan? You know, um, I I uh, I felt it a lot. Like I won't lie, I felt it a lot. Of not having those venues to just like check out of life and enjoy 
a great game. But um, what I've turned to, honestly, is like dialing into my favorite athletes and finding their social media accounts and still staying connected to them that way. Um, and the value that we can still have of, of those communities. Like I was, we started at 12 o'clock today talking about like, what is community? And community is your family and your friends and your mentors and your coaches and your teachers. And, and, and literally that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Like there, it's still the same community. It's still the same people. It's just that now we're doing it through a different environment. And so I would really encourage some of these athletes who have these huge platforms, like come online and, and talk to us. Like, It'd be amazing if some of our, our big uh, big stars and the Oilers if they'd come online and do some little chats. Like, why not? You know? Um, keep the fans engaged. Keep that connection real. So that's what we're trying to do at Free Footy. And, you know, if Connor McDavid wanted to join us on the on a Free Footy session at noon or 4 p.m., we would love that. But um, I think that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm holding out is that um, all these professional sports leagues are going to really realize soon that, hey, we've got all these star athletes, these characters, and people that everyone is inspired by. How do we get them to still be present? So I, I, don't, I don't think that's far away. I really don't think it's far away until we see, like, some virtual presence from these guys and gals who, who all inspire us. So I'm hanging in there just like everybody else. And I think just, just remember at the end of the day, uh, turn to your community. Um, the most important thing we have in life is our support networks, and now's the time to turn your support networks. And, um, you know, like a FaceTime call, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. If you can check in with one of your friends, usually you give them, like, a regular phone call, but turn it into a FaceTime call. Turn, turn it into a Skype call. And I, I uh, with my team, I found it really valuable. And I, I'm actually closer to my team than I've ever been. So, you know, there's, there's a silver lining in all this stuff. Tim, as always, your wisdom is a welcome addition to Inside Sports. Thanks for coming on. All the best with Free Footy. All the best with the continued video sessions. I'm glad you threw Angela's name out there. I'm going to have to try to wrangle her for this show as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, thanks so much, Reed. That is Tim Adams. That is Tim Adams checking in, founder and director of uh, Free Footy. So, again, uh, you know, check out Tim uh, Tim Adams FF on Twitter. Free Footy Y-E-G on Twitter uh, or and Footy spell I-E or just give Free Footy Y-E-G a Google it'll come up and it'll show you everything that Tim is doing and you can get access to those uh, daily videos that they're doing to help uh, teach skills. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45 D. Vyadaris will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Olson, uh, help all the kids feel connected. Great stuff from Tim. Awesome to have him on the show. We got to call a quick timeout. It's 19 minutes after seven. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Rolling out the Edward Van Halen. Van Halen won. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You've heard from Leo Routens on the Raptors playoff run from last year. Leo, the color analyst for those games, Sportsnet and TSN are going to be replaying the playoff run starting tomorrow, a game a day. I wonder if there's anybody out there that doesn't know how it ends. 
Maybe we should give it away. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Starting tomorrow, they're replaying all the Raptors playoff games from last year. That's all I'll say. Jeff Merrick was on the show. Good to talk. Great story about watching the uh, 1969 World Hockey Championship between Czechoslovakia and the Soviet Union, as the countries were known at the time. Tim Adams from Free Footy was just on the show. We'll catch up with Ryan Bartoshik from the Alberta Junior Hockey League. He's the commissioner of the league. Coming up after the 7.30 news, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman says the league will not resume play until health officials decide the threat of the coronavirus has passed. None of us is going to be able to do anything until we get it all clear on some basis. Uh, we too have explored and continue to explore every scenario, uh, which will depend on the timing of, of when it's safe to go out. Bevan also says the league doesn't want to make any decisions that could impact the way the 2020-2021 season unfolds. The two factors are timing relative to how late we can go without impacting next season uh, and making sure that whatever we do competitively, if we're going to complete this current season, it has to have integrity, it has to be respectful of the well over 100-year history of the Stanley Cup. All right. So, as you know, the Canadian Hockey League, including the Western Hockey League, uh, have cancelled the rest of their regular seasons. They haven't ruled out staging playoffs. We'll see how that goes. A lot of uncertainty in the world. John writing in to 780-496-0063. He says, Reed, do you think the NHL would ever consider playing their playoff games in another jurisdiction outside of North America? If a region of the world is declared virus-free but North America is not, would the NHL move the games? They could still generate local revenue and they would undoubtedly have a huge TV audience. Not only that, but they can open eyes and expand their market base to previously untapped audiences. Your thoughts? That is from John. John, I think there is absolutely no chance that that would ever happen. Yeah, like, uh, I they, they would not move the games. They would not move the playoffs, say, to... Well, I mean, really, it'd be Europe. And, and I, they wouldn't do that. Uh, I mean, you'd have games being played at odd times to get them on uh, North American television in, in prime time. You'd have to transport all the players over there. And, and probably if players went over to Europe or somewhere else to play, they'd probably still have to quarantine when they got there before they could get going. So, no, I, I don't think under any circumstance the NHL would play its playoff games, uh, you know, somewhere else outside of North America or in, or in other countries. I don't see that happening. All right. Coming up to the 7.30 news, Thomas Dias will have the latest on the coronavirus. A sad day in Alberta. First death as a result of COVID-19. He'll give you a little more details there. Ryan Bartoshik from the Alberta Junior Hockey League is coming up after the 7.30 news. That league into its playoffs, and uh, it had to shut down. Pretty disappointing for a lot of coaches, athletes, and all the people associated with the clubs. Ryan will give us some details on how it went down and how that could impact the league moving forward when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, as I've, I've told you before, from 2000 to 2007, I worked in Lloyd Minster and I covered the Alberta Junior Hockey League, primarily the Lloyd Minster Blazers and then Bobcats. 
as uh, they changed the, the name of their team while we were there. We covered the Bonneville Pontiacs a lot. You saw a lot of teams come through and, and play in Lloydminster. Mark Letestu and Mason Raymond, two of the players I, uh, I saw play in the AJHL who later went on to become NHLers. So I still like keeping an eye on that league, have a lot of respect for the, the people in that league. And you see more and more players, uh, you know, from leagues like the Alberta Junior Hockey League making their way to the National Hockey League, sometimes not as a, a direct a path for the for the big-name prospects who often are in major junior. But, uh, you know, Kale McCarr played in the AJHL. He's uh, was probably going to win, or maybe he, he still will win uh, Rookie of the Year in the NHL if they still decide to do the year-end awards if they aren't able to finish the year. But it's a great league in a lot of great communities that are passionate about hockey. So it was uh, another uh, sad note for me last week when the AJHL had to shut down its season because of the COVID-19 outbreak. And Ryan Bartoshik is the commissioner of the AJ, and he joins us now. Ryan, good to have you on the show again. Like I've been saying to almost every guest, I wish it were under better circumstances, but how are you doing? Yeah, thanks, Reed. I appreciate your, your kind words about the league, and um, obviously with your time in Lloydminster, understand the, the impact of, of our communities and, and how we interact with them as, as a league and um, you know just the importance of, of our league in those communities. So, you know, a tough time. It's been a week already, um, and uh, I get the reality setting in that uh, that opportunity was taken away for us. Can you sort of tell us, Ryan, from your perspective, how it really started started to to ramp up with? You know, first we're getting some positive tests in the province, then the NBA thing, NHL, Hockey Canada. Can you sort of take us through how you experienced this as the commissioner of the league? Yeah, you know, earlier in the month, um, I was actually in Canmore and then um, got to present a league award and then was talking to their governor. And, you know, being in Canmore, it was it was a tourist spot and kind of starting to think about, you know, potential impacts. And, you know, as we went on later in the week, you're kind of thinking through, potential options of, um, you know, the impact of it. And, you know, is there a scenario where, you know, worst case scenario where we're playing in front of empty rinks and, you know, even having conversations with the BCHL commissioner as far as us getting to the Doyle Cup and then kind of thinking through some things there. And, and ultimately things accelerated pretty quickly and uh, some tough decisions had to be made. And, and working with Hockey Canada, the reality was that, you um, we had to we had to call the season so um you know not only is is the season done but right now for us it's it's all hockey related activities and that includes you know camps and and upcoming hockey schools and things like that so it has an impact not only on the teams that were you know remain that remained in in the playoffs but but those out of it and and preparing for next year already and what were you down to the final eight teams? There was eight teams left. Yeah, you know we were just we just wrapped up the first round. Um, we had a game seven in the first round, and, and you know um, <laughs> a really competitive first round for us. And, and we were excited getting into round two. We had actually three teams with a bye who unfortunately never saw a playoff game. Um, and you know we had some teams with with momentum coming off first round victory so um you know a lot of excitement moving into round two and 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 like i said unfortunately we didn't get to see that obviously this is a situation where the primary concern is health but having said that there's an economic impact on a variety of levels ajhl teams are not multi-million dollar businesses and they need 
gate revenue to really help. At least I understand it. So that's going to be a pretty big blow to the teams that were hoping for a few. Yeah, extra yeah, most definitely. I mean, the economic impact is going to going to be huge on that on on us, and and we know that already. And it's you know ticket sales and local sponsorship and um, just our interaction with with our community. I mean. The reality is our, our foundation is, is community and, and opportunity, and really, you know, this has caused us to lose the opportunities for our athletes, for our teams, for our fans, to lose the opportunity to, you know, crown a champion, and, and then obviously the impact on the community. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about the safety of those communities and, and our responsibility as members of those communities. And, um, you know, as, as we all know, some things are bigger than the game, and, and that's where we're at. So... Ultimately, right now, you know, a weekend we're 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 taking trying to take advantage of of this opportunity and you know look at next year and see what changes might be on on the horizon and how this is going to impact things. But really, um, you know, they're uncharted waters and and we, there's a lot of unknowns out there right now. Ryan Bartoshik joining us on Inside Sports, Commissioner of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So you mentioned that a lot of things are on hold, and if I'm trying to remember kind of the, the calendar correctly, wouldn't they already kind of have spring camps or rookie camps if they wanted to look at 15-year-olds? Wouldn't those often happen while the, the playoffs were? Yeah, yeah. We, we had some scheduled as, as early as uh, the end of this month, and, and they would have been going on through through April. So uh, those are all canceled and, and on hold, and uh, like I said, those all have an impact on, you know, next year whether that's um you know players coming in the hockey schools engaging the community uh trying to attract sponsors season tickets things like that so um yeah it, it's it's real it's happening right now and and everything's on hold so um it's uh it's tough tough for our guys yeah that, that's tough to hear I, I, I mean obviously you reach a point last week where you where you knew it was coming for pretty much every uh every level of hockey but it was still tough for me to see Ryan. you know while i got you and you and i've talked before and uh you know i i'm happy to see that a lot of the teams i covered are still teams you know spruce uh spruce straighten valley bonneville lloyd fort mac grand prairie you know short park they were all in the division white court uh you know, got did White Court get? Was it the St. Albert Steel? Was that how that went? Yeah, White Court was um, was St. Albert's, and um, you know, a great story in White Court coming off a first round victory, uh, lots of momentum, like I said, and you know, a real great last half of the season. And you know, you look at the the four remaining teams in the North. Obviously, Sherwood Park had a, you know a historic season, um, great accomplishments from that organization, and you know setting themselves up for, for a championship run. And, and Spruce Grove, defending uh, North champions, always seemed to be there, and, and they were preparing too. And, you know, like I mentioned, White Court. And then you had Drayton Valley with a big first-round victory uh, and, you know, some hot goaltending and, and really a good, good solid team and, and well-coached team. So, you know, the four teams in the North were matching up well and, and the same in the South, and we were looking forward to a – you know, an exciting path to, to our championship. So um, <laughs> right now you can you can only wonder what if, and, um, you know, you're not getting in the vehicle to go to the rink and, and you know, engage with the fans and, and the community. So it's, uh, you know, like you said, you don't really know what the new normal is going to be like, but you have to look at it and, and prepare and um, use it as an opportunity. I, I, so I mentioned that, you know, the White Court franchise, you know, that franchise had kind of bounced through a couple other communities. Uh, I know one of the Calgary teams had some trouble, 
but you've you've kind of you kind of got a dozen franchises that have been pretty solid and have stayed in the same communities for a long time. Why why is that, Ryan? Because you know it can be a challenge, and sometimes teams have to move around a little bit. But it's, yeah. there's been some pretty good uh, consistency here with teams in the same city. You know, commitment from our organizations and and, and our operators and and our and our board of governors and. Um, you know that group really bought into as far as what we're trying to do, and then really that's that's developing athletes, and you know wherever those athletes go, that's that's great. But you know we have a responsibility, and and guys have been engaged, and um, you know staffs have been able to grow a little bit, and then um, it's 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 a business, and our guys have done a good job at that, and attracting players to the league, and, and again it, it comes back to the opportunities we create. So you know credit to our to our coaches and, and GMs and teams and governors for, for committing to that. What did it mean to the league to, or what does it mean? I, I shouldn't talk about it in the past tense because it's probably going to have an ongoing impact, but to have Kale McCarr, uh, you know, drafted fourth overall after playing for Brooks, and now, you know, he's in the process of having almost a point-a-game season with the Colorado Avalanche. And let's face it, if you redrafted 2017, uh, he might now go first. Uh, I mean, maybe him or Pedersen. Haskinen's a pretty good defenseman as well. But what has McCarr's success, what's that impact for the A.J.? Yeah, you know, just just that the path, the path works, that it, that it is an option. Um, and, you know, you have a commitment from a very special athlete with, you know, a great family and, and a team that in Brooks that is able to, you know, assist him in, in his development. And, you know, the staff worked with him and created an environment that he could be successful. And, and that's what our operators are trying to do. And, and, you know, you have KL going in the first round and the next year you have Jacob Bernard Docker going in, in the first round. So you go back to back years and, um, you know, we have Dylan Holloway who, who went off to Wisconsin this year is going to go in the first round and, and, you know, Carter Savoy and, and Matt Benning too, that are going to go early in the NHL draft. So I, I think it, it says that it, the path works. The option is viable, um, and again, it, it's an option for our athletes to to take a path that that they choose. And and for us, that's that really all we can offer. We provide an opportunity and a path. And um, again, uh, there's a certain responsibility on on the athlete, and or a certain responsibility on on our communities and our coaching staff, and then a responsibility from our league to ensure that um, again those athletes are promoted and developed, and and we're doing the best. Uh, that we can for their best interest, and and we should mention you, you played in the AJHL, and it's, I just double checked your. I think your final season in Bonneville. See, I started in Lloyd in March of 2000, and it was the middle of the playoffs. So I think Bonneville was already done. So I wouldn't have got to. <laughs> I got to see you play, but uh, some almost uh, crossover. And one of the first guys I met was Gord Thibodeau, whose name is synonymous with the league. And I, and I think Boris Rabalka yep. is still going with the Kodiaks, isn't he? Yeah, Boris is still in Camrose, and and Gord's actually back up in Fort McMurray. And um, my last year was the year of the uh, Royal Bank Championship, uh, hosted by Fort McMurray, which they won. So uh, the head coach of that team was Fran Gao, who now works uh, in the AJHL office. And they actually just celebrated uh, the 20th anniversary of of that event and that championship. So um, you know, truly shows what something like that can do for a community, and then how important our teams are to to our community so um yeah it's uh looking back it was a you know it's a part of my life and and is again right now so uh you know you get that call and then 
season's done and the first first thing you think of is is those athletes and it, it's tough I mean, yeah there's there's no doubt about it it's tough yeah, I, I remember that well. I mean, you always remember when, at the very beginning, right? Uh, Lloyd had a really good team. They were second in the North Division. They beat Fort Saskatchewan in the second round. They played Fort Mac in the North Final. Uh, Fort Mac won the first two games at home. Lloyd won game three at home. Game four went to triple overtime. At the time, it was the longest game in the AJHL. It was later surpassed, still while I was working in Lloyd. And Fort Mac won and then won the series in five and then won the league championship and won the Royal Bank Cup. And it's interesting, Ryan, I've had people who had no interest in that series, you know, who were total neutral observers. I've had people tell me that the Lloyd Mr. Blazers might have had the second best team in the country, but they were stuck in the same division as the best team, not just the same league, the same division. Yeah, you know what? Fort McMurray definitely earned their earned their way to a victory and and, and won every step and uh, for them it wasn't easy so it's uh, it was uh, you know that's 20 years ago already so it still speaks to to volumes of of how good our hockey is and how it engages everyone. Ryan, thanks for checking in on the show. We are we're gonna have to uh, bring you on when when the league is back and going. Hopefully that's on time in the fall. Thank you so much for checking in tonight. Yeah, take care. Appreciate it. That is Ryan Bartoshik on Inside Sports, the commissioner of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and is explaining uh, how they had to shut it down. It, it's a great level of hockey. It's a great league. There's tons of opportunities for players. Many go to the NCAA, uh, might play Canada West, might play college hockey, and uh, you have the odd one more and more throughout the years getting drafted into the National Hockey League in Kale McC- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline car is a great example of that it is 749 back for some final thoughts inside sports on chet inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by cam llp injury lawyers representing injured people in edmonton and across alberta since 1962 Yesterday, we have confirmed 27 new cases of COVID-19. This means that 146 cases have now been identified in our province. We suspect up to eight of these cases are community transmission, although we have information only on seven and are waiting for confirmation of the eighth. Two individuals are receiving care in ICU, which we have announced previously. I must also sadly report the first death from COVID-19 in our province. This individual was admitted in the ICU in the Edmonton zone on March 12th and passed away late yesterday. This patient was a male in his 60s with underlying medical conditions. This is extremely sad news and all of us involved in Alberta's COVID response feel this very deeply. All of our thoughts are with this man's family and loved ones. AHS assures me that they are supporting them in this difficult time. As heartbreaking as this news is, it was expected. This is a dangerous virus. While most people who become ill with COVID only experience mild symptoms, it can make others very sick. 
little bit there from Dr. Dina Hinshaw's update earlier today. You heard it live on 6.30, Chad. Unfortunately, as she mentioned, someone in the Edmonton zone has passed away as a result of uh, COVID-19. 27 new cases today, 146 total. Keep updated on 630Ched.com, on globalnews.ca, on our newscast here on 630Ched or Global News Radio 880. And, of course, our friends over at Global Television working very hard to cover this story as well. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. This is Inside Sports on 630Ched. We are going to be with you. We are going to have a sports focus on the show, though, of course, we will have to discuss uh, the other uh, things going on in the world because, obviously, it is the, the biggest story that we have ever experienced. Kellen Kennedy is on the other side of the window. Kellen, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too, Reid. So update me. Everything's, and I know I, I bug you about wrestling all the time, but in all seriousness, WrestleMania is, it's a no-go? No, it's a go. It is a go. It is a go. Why are they doing it? Okay, so this is uh, as of, uh, well, 8 o'clock tonight, you know, a few minutes from now. Uh, the WrestleMania is not only just a go, it has been expanded to two days. Uh, it'll take place on, I think, April, let me just get the calendar out here and double check, April 4th and 5th. Uh, the location right now, they're saying, is WWE's kind of training camp, performance center building in uh, Orlando, for, uh, uh, Florida. It'll be a closed-off event to the public. The only way you'll be able to watch it will be through pay-per-view, through the WWE Network, that sort of uh, means. But they announced Rob Gronkowski as the special guest host for the event. And uh, it'll be split over two days. So some matches will take place on Saturday. Some matches will take place on Sunday. So they're still going to have it. So they're still having so what, it. When is it? April 4th and April 5th. With no fans. No fans. They're just going to make billions of dollars off pay-per-view. That's it's in, the it's plan. It's Tampa Bay? Uh, it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, yes. So then they're still going to have it there? Uh, no. No. They've, they've, they've canceled it. My guess is Tampa Bay will probably get first dibs on uh, any okay, so sorry, future dates. This year's going to be? Uh, Orlando, Florida. In just what, like a TV studio? In their uh, kind of the, kind of their uh, training camp facility, Reed. Okay. The performance so no, center. there's yeah. going to be no crowd noise, no anything. No, it'll just be the wrestlers competing. Uh, to so get to a taste of it, I would uh, invite everybody to watch maybe ten or fifteen minutes of Friday Night SmackDown tomorrow night because you know they're going to be you watching from that. You know I'm not going to do that, Kellen. Or check out some of the clips online <laughs> you from You know it I'm later. not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's what it's going to look like. Um, well, that's interesting. I honestly think that that's not going to go ahead, though. That's just my opinion on it. I honestly think that something's going to happen in the next week or two and things will change again. All right. Well, that's interesting. They're, they're thinking of that, though. Yeah. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics, spun with a modern twist. Online, northchickenyeg.com. They do have all your uh, takeout and delivery options, of course, off sales as well. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You heard from Ryan Bartoshik, Tim Adams, Jeff Merritt, and Leo Routens. We're back tomorrow. Remember, the second hour of the show from 7 to 8, a condensed version of the February 1st game between the Oilers and the Flames that Edmonton won 8-3 and uh, had the big goalie fight between Smith and Talbot. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.